This is a Zach Feldman Show replay on ZRadioLive.com. The website music station, Z Radio Live. This is the Zach Feldman Show. Joining me over the phone is an author. His name is Jay Calvin Tibbs, and he has a brand new book called A Man Made for Marriage, How Women Attract One and How Men Become One. Jay Calvin, thanks for joining me here on the Zach Feldman Show. How's everything going? Awesome, Zach. It's going very well, and I'm absolutely excited to be with you today. Yeah, and I'm excited to talk to you about this brand new book. Tell us all about it. Uh, you know, what's it all about? Well, it's really about, just like the title in, infers, you know, how does a man become made for marriage? That's a question. And how does a woman learn how to attract one? Well, that's essentially what the book is all about. I'll tell you more about how we got to that point. But essentially, it's really training men and it's training women on what to look for in a man. So, you know, as a man yourself, though, you know, how are you able to tell women kind of what they're what they need to be looking for? <laughs> Easy. <laughs> That's my question. <laughs> Easy. I had a mother who literally helped me to become the kind of husband that my wife still loves after 38 years. Um, her insights and I wasn't a single mom you know, household. I had both my mom and my dad there, but my mother gave me my cues when it came to certain aspects of tenderness and sensitivity and things of that nature for women. Uh, plus, we have two daughters who are now grown. So we fortunately had a wonderful opportunity to navigate them around the ones who would make them cry at night and navigate them towards the types of men that they both, well, one's now married, the other is about to get married. Uh, and they're, they're as happy as they can possibly be. So I have all of that just in the house, notwithstanding any number of ladies that have come to me for advice and things of that nature. Well, I, I also hope you got advice from women, too, as well for this book. Correct? Well, like I said, yeah. <laughs> but it, start, it started with mom, right? Oh, you know, yeah. mom, mom said to me when I got married, Zach, actually before I got married, and it was in my 20s and I was having this conversation and you know, she kind of shocked me out of the blue. She was a quiet lady. And she said, I want to ask you a question. And I knew it was coming up. And uh, I said, what, what, what is it, mom? And she said, do you love her? I said, well, I think so. No, do you love her? And I said, yes, mom, I do. He, and then she said these words, then treat her like you would want me to be treated. Mm. That's all she said. It's been 38 years. And if my wife were here, she would tell you what a blessing it is, what a delight <laughs> it is. Not, not that it's perfect, right? But I live by those words. And it's not difficult to when you love the person that you're connected to. Well, that's always good advice. And it's always good because, you know, for me, I'm I just got engaged recently and I am now uh, we're not wedding planning and, and 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 doing all this, all this other crazy stuff. And I absolutely love my fiance to death like crazy. Um, but for those who are still kind of struggling to kind of figure out you know, is this the right one for me? You know, what's your advice out of this book? Well, it came as a shocking turn of events when I asked that same question, you know, and I'm a faith guy. So I'm asking God and I'm asking my, my friends, you know, how do you know if she's the one? You think she's the one? And honestly, <laughs> the script got flipped on me in the midst of asking that question. And I really sensed that the Lord was saying to me, it's not if she is the one, are you the one? And mm. when I heard that, I'm like, whoa, what, where'd that come from? So I did a little bit of research. And at the point, when I say research, just thinking, really, that was the extent of it. And one day we were headed out to run. I was in the military at the time as a second lieutenant. And I read this verse 
in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22, which I have since committed to memory. At the time, it floated off the page and it said, now avoid the passions of youth, but instead strive after love, righteousness, peace, and hope, along with others who from a pure heart call out to the Lord for help. That verse locked into my mind to tell me you're the one if you can avoid the passions of youth, in other words, looking at skirts, looking at backsides, that's the passions of youth. Instead, strive after what love looks like and righteousness and those other two. And if you do that from a pure heart, you can have my daughter. Well, first off, thank you for your service, by the way. I mean, you know, that that's an awesome accomplishment, um, no matter what. And I think that's awesome that, you know, that you're kind of taking religion too. that we're taking religion uh, stuff and you're, you're putting it all together and and kind of making a piece out of that for marriage because i mean ultimately at the end of the day marriage is a commitment for one another but it's also done out of you know religion yeah and depending on you know obviously what you do obviously you can just you can just go to the courtroom and you can just you know get married but you know most of the time it's out of religion um yeah. but what do you how do you kind of deal with the fact that almost 50 percent of all marriages especially in the united states i mean this is like a statistic fact um Basically, they end in divorce. I mean, what do you, what kind of advice do you have for people like that? You know, if if you're in it and you're trying to do right, it's literally, and I could go from any num- number of foundations, but just simply looking at avoiding the passions of youth. You know, I thought that verse to begin with was simply as it related to getting married. Later, I found it was also applicable to stay married and to do so with joy because the passions of youth is sort of like the, if it feels good, do it thing. That's a passion of young people. It's also a passion to pretend that just looking, as many oft, oftentimes people say, well, I'm just looking, I'm just a man. They give themselves ex- excuses instead of doing what that, that uh, principle said, avoid these passions. And so to do that literally can become a game. And I know some guys who, when they're like out traveling away from their, their uh, spouses, They say things like, "Okay, coming at one o'clock, 200 feet. And that's telling them in 200 feet, somebody that's probably dropped dead gorgeous is about to enter into the frame Mm -hmm. of their eye gate. And so to avoid the passion of looking without saying anything or the passion of entering into the feast of lust with your eyes, they just say, "Okay, 200 yards, look away, start looking away because they know the peripheral is picking things up. Mm-hmm. And these guys who sort of play this as a game are winning the game, whereas the more undisciplined person is just falling into every trap because the the social media is coming at us, the activities that our people that we hang with talk about is coming at us. So if we don't know or put in place mechanisms to avoid the passions of youth, then we will live the passions of youth. And then find ourselves likely struggling with that 50% who end in divorce. That is just awesome and true words to be said, too. Because, you know, I mean, there's a lot of temptation out there, you know, especially for men and and for women, too, you know. Um, and as and as, you know, humans, too, we, you know, we, we go back to the, the Stone Ages where we're just we're, we're, we're hungry for, you know, for life out there, you know, and we don't, you know, and it's our natural instinct to always find the next person or always find the next thing, you know? So it's, it's always great to try to find, figure out how to kind of control that. Yeah. Yeah. You got to have parameters. You know, that's the, the thing in and out of the Christian community, 
You know, the word of God, the, the scripture says, is quick and powerful and sharp. That means that, that in that three to seven seconds that we all have to make a decision on anything, groceries, uh, the date we're about to have, the words we're about to say, between that three and seven seconds where our thoughts and our speech give us pause for actions, we've got to have parameters in place that help us to make repetitively good choices. It's not hard to do, but if we have no parameters, then the base nature in all of us kicks in in those three to seven seconds. And then you hear sometimes guys say like, I don't know what I was thinking. Well, they weren't thinking in the parameters that would bring them safety and lead them to their goals. And, you know, we try to help people out with uh, that type of insight inside of the book. So, I mean, you know, you talk a lot about also just a lot of issues where it comes to, um, you know, kind of safeguarding yourself away from other people. Um, have you ever been in a situation kind of similar to that? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, I remember this time I was speaking at uh, a church out of town in a very, very small area. And one of my relatives called and said that the lady would be bringing the meal. Well, I was living in a house or staying in a house where there was no one but me. And it's not like I was, you know, tempted in the sense of who is she and what am I going to say when she gets here? I just wanted to avoid the setup. I saw it coming and I said, could could she just deliver it at you guys' house? And I just come there and get it. <laughs> and she's like, oh my God, why didn't I think of that? I'm like, I don't know, but could we just do it that way? So it's, it's, again, it's tactics because we all are in, if you're a human, if you're a male, you know, in the sense of heterosexual, mm-hmm. you're, you're not oblivious to the types of a person, a woman that you see, you're not oblivious to that. And even if you are godly, you still have to put parameters in place. So yeah, it's really just like in sports, position yourself to win. And I don't think a lot of people think about winning. They just think about living in the moment. And sometimes those moments are filled with undisciplined uh, approaches that can be improved upon. And sometimes when people just take that three to seven seconds, they can make a decision that just helps them avoid all kinds of trouble. We're talking with Jay Calvin Tibbs, and the book is called The Man Made in Marriage, How Women Attract One and How Men Become One. You also wrote a book called Run Laps, Get Stronger, Do Discipline Ship Differently. And I'm just curious, like, was your goal always to help people? You know, it's a great question. I, I have always had this 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 propensity to help people. I, I don't know where it came from. Well, I think it comes from God, to be honest. But I didn't look at it as ministry to begin with because it was the flat out last thing I wanted to do in my young mind at age 22. But once I began to realize this is my design and everybody has a design. Some people are designed to help people as a doctor, as a mechanic, as a pilot, as a teacher. And when everybody learns to find their design, why am I here? Then they can move in the right direction and understand what am I supposed to do? When those two things are in place, they can do number three. How can I develop so that I can constantly improve? That eliminates competition. It eliminates stress. It's no longer the needle in the proverbial haystack. And I like to tell people, because I also am a purpose development coach, I like to tell people that your purpose is not the needle in the haystack. Your purpose is the haystack. It's everywhere because purpose is not confined to an act or a missions trip. It is the life that we live 
And the more we begin to engage why we're here, what we're supposed to do and how we can improve, then that begins to motivate us to be focused as well as move us in the direction of the, the greatness that's in each person. So I love doing that to help people become, if you will, the best version of themselves possible. And that is just so awesome to to hear that, too, because, you know, there needs to be more people out there who who take their time to help others as well. You know, I mean, especially with this book, A Man Made for Marriage, you know, trying to help those who are trying to build the perfect marriage. Um, you know, I guess I want to ask you, too, you know, how do you know when you're in the perfect marriage? When is it like the calling? When do you know that this is right for you? You know, I I talked to a guy who's in his 30s and we literally had this conversation two days ago. And I said to him, listen, you have to, first of all, be the person that you want to attract. And until he, in his case, can figure it all out and reduce his options down to why he's here, what he's supposed to do and how he can improve until he knows that it's going to be difficult for him to attract someone who is able, if you will, to even see him. So I recommend that, and it's in in the book in different chapters, that a man made for marriage can determine if the woman of his dreams is or is not the woman of his dreams based upon him knowing what his dreams are. Because if she can't fit, I like to use the Garden of Eden example. When Eve came into the garden, Adam became her tour guide. If Adam didn't know where he was going, he could not direct Eve as to how she can enjoy what's available. So if a man does not know where he is going, it's very difficult for him to attract a woman into this adventure that's going nowhere. So a part of knowing if she's the one is wrapped up in understanding that he is the one in understanding what he's here to do. But what about those who are just so out of boundaries when it comes to trying to find the one like they want, like the supermodel uh, type of woman or they want the, the you know, someone who's just completely out of their league? I mean, not to say that maybe one day they can't get the supermodel, but like the re- unrealistic ideas and expectations like wh- where does that where do you do what do you do with that situation? Well, you know, those guys, in fact, there's a person, again, I'm working with, and there's this idea that he can't get that, let's just say model, not make, let's not make her super. Let's just make her (laughs) model. Okay. Fair enough. Fine. Super, not super. Let's just say model. (laughs) Yeah, model. And so he's kind of caught up in, should I, you know, really be all of who I am and possibly lose her? Or should I go ahead and play along with her demands so that I can keep her? And my point to him, literally, and to anyone else who's listening, is that, first of all, the insides of the person is far more the point than the outside will ever be. That's not to say that the ooper super or just the model is not something to ascribe to, because every man hopefully knows the type of person that he is looking for. But if she is not the type of person whose glory, I like to call it, you can handle. So I I like to say that women have a glory. Mm -hmm. And if a man can't hold her glory, it doesn't matter how good she looks. She will slip right through his hands. Mm -hmm. Being able to hold her glory is to not, well, I'll start with, is to first of all, recognize who she is. 
if she's a funny lady, if she's a serious lady, I call them different kinds of queens. That's another book that's coming out. <laughs> so if she's the wrong kind of queen for the wrong kind of king, it doesn't matter that he has a crown and she has one too. What matters is, does she fit who he is mm-hmm. in terms of similar passions or like interests or things that fulfill the two of them in life? If that's not in play, what she looks like can't fix that. So what guys have to know is, first again, why are they here? And therefore, why are they attracting the type of person, be they supermodel or whatever level of that? Because when they can see us, meaning when the king can be spotted by the queen, now we have to just work out the details of whether or not we are a good fit for one another. Well, that is amazing. And by the way, I did find the supermodel. It is my fiance. But that's beside right, the point. Right. <laughs> that's beside the point. Anyway, Jay Calvin Tibbs, seriously, thank you so much for coming on. The man, the a man made for marriage, how women attract one and how men become one. Where can people find the book and where can they connect with you, Jay? Well, it's on Amazon.com right now. In fact, there is also an audio version about to be released as soon as it clears production. They can also check us out at Calvin Tibbs. Dot com. That's calvintibbs.com. That is amazing. Well, seriously, J. Calvin Tibbs, thank you so much for coming on. Seriously, to talk about this awesome book. Again, pick it up. It's called A Man Made for Marriage, How Women Attract One and How Men Become One. It's on Amazon right now. J. Calvin Tibbs, thanks again for joining me here on The Zach Feldman Show, and best of luck with everything. Thanks so much, Zach. I fully enjoyed this, man. You're a great guy. Anytime. You too as well. And uh, good luck with everything. The Web City Music Station, Z Radio Live. Back with more Zach Feldman Show after this. Want to hear more? Listen to the Zach Feldman Show every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on ZRadioLive.com.